0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and HR Living Studios.
1: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I understand that he knows Urban Meyer. They have a great relationship. I guess, you know, Urban Meyer bought a house right next to Tim Tebow. So even if he makes the team, that's going to be like a great E Hollywood TV show. Uh, Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow, you know, next door. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to do all the ratings. But I do think this. This is Urban Meyer's first year in the NFL. And, you know, he's bringing his guys in. I understand all that. But what Urban Meyer's got to realize real quick is that you can't fake anything. If Tim Tebow is going to make this team, it's because Tim Tebow has earned the spot. There are no, you know, there is no, well, I like this guy a lot. Let's give him a spot. That doesn't work like that. Players in that locker room will see through that day one. So one or two things are going to happen. Either Tim Tebow is not the tight end, which we don't think he is, and I'll be honest, I'm kind of in that boat, or Tim Tebow is a tight end, and he earns his spot, and he gets that roster spot, and that's it. If Tim Tebow's not good enough to earn the roster spot, he's not going to get it. Because if Urban Meyer gives him that spot, he's going to lose that locker room in a heartbeat. That is
2: Austin Lane, Freddie and Fitzsimmons, last night. Were you up late for that? Was that live? No, it was
3: 8.30.
2: Okay. I think they
4: pre-recorded it, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, but I'm not sure. Well, they yeah. probably have to do that, or people are on it at like 1 in the morning. Well, it's, sure. Fitzsimmons still, it's overnight, right? Yeah, it would, yeah, or a little late night. At, yeah, it's late nice. night.
3: They're probably not sure if Austin was going to curse or not, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> a little worried about that.
4: <laughs> you have to have a two-hour dump button ready, just in case.
2: Uh yeah, just in case. Hey, uh, nightclub in Vegas in the end zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what yep. is this story? Like you brought this up. I, I wasn't that aware of this. Where did this come Dude, from? What is it going to be?
4: This this came from the news, Brent. This this came from the sports <laughs> news. Yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders are, are gonna feature a nightclub in their end zone during Raiders games. So, you know, obviously it's Vegas. If you want to go check out a Raiders game or maybe go to a nightclub at the same time, you can. Or I guess a day club really, because if you're playing you know, if you're playing at 3 or 4, that's more yeah. of a day club than a night club. But, yeah, they're going to feature, like, a party atmosphere.
2: Is yes, the Bud Zone yes, essentially... Yes, that's awesome, by the way. Is the Bud Zone essentially that?
3: But I think this is going to be a little more, like, you know... Is this, like, strippers? Like Whoa. Hey, oh! Whoa. Oh. oh, come on. Oh, you just got married! Hey, no, no, gonna- no, no, no. I'm curious because oh. that's what... I mean, when you think of Vegas, that's what comes hey, up.
4: When I think of night Strippers didn't even okay, make the top hey, 20, dude. Just wa- <laughs> didn't even make the top 20 of the things in my mind. Okay, Where's your enough. head at?
3: Well, that's what I was thinking. Because you, you said don't Vegas.
4: A, just because you don't get a bachelor party doesn't mean you got to think about strippers <laughs> 24-7. I told you I'd take you out in Jack's Beach. We got to have a good time, but you don't want
3: to do that. Listen, <laughs> I'm just saying that's what Vegas, that's what some people would think of. So I that's was, what you're thinking of. I was like, what is it, a pre- Recorded video don't, of uh. Don't put me in this conversation.
4: My wife listens to this show. This is all you right here, yeah. dude.
2: Um, My wife's in the car listening to the show. Don't put me in this conversation. <laughs> By the way, what's this? Straight out of the XFL. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Great. No, I wonder, like the XFL. Somebody should start a league where that's yeah. it. Like. So here's <laughs> what
4: here's what Darren R- R- Rebell, uh is bringing on the table. The Raiders are bringing Vegas nightclub life to their games. Um, they they're happy to announce the 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 Windfield Club. Which would be how it would have a nightclub atmosphere featuring bottle service and two DJ booths. Two DJ booths.
3: That's good. Hopefully they're playing the same thing because so, that's so, what so be, Well I guess well, different end zones. No, okay. I'm
4: sure no, it's gonna be two DJs like in the club. It's gonna be that big. Okay. Yeah. So instead of like dueling pianos, dueling DJs. Ah, I like so,
2: it. So I mm-hmm. mean if in in reality though, like so is it is your music playing that like you think you could hear on the field? No, that, I that's think that's something that's different. Like, in NBA, like that happens, right? I mean, the, yeah. you go to an NBA game, there's, like, music playing the whole time. No, I so I think like
4: this is going to be separate from the game day experience. Like, this is going to be – it's, it's literally going to be a club in the stadium.
2: Okay, so but closed think, off. Like closed off. Yeah, think, yes, okay. think,
3: yeah, think uh, what's the fish tank behind the home plate at the Marlins stadium, but <laughs> instead of a fish tank, a nightclub. <laughs>
4: it's like saying – it was like, think of the pool yeah. in TIA Bankfield, <laughs> except if the pool – was a nightclub. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, uh, you really. <laughs> and, and what's really <laughs> fascinating is if you make it all glass and you're seeing people dancing, but you can't hear a thing. <laughs> oh, You, you have <laughs> to make it all
3: glass, right?
2: Yeah, oh uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. You have to do that. It'd be oh, like
3: yeah. the what is those those headphone raves that people go to where like yeah, you don't the, hear anything but they're no, all dancing.
4: Yeah, those are cool. Yeah. Did at the, the, uh, Okeechobee? They have those. Did yeah. I, bre- I mean, Brent, you know, you are probably. Uh, you know, not privileged to this information, but now I've
2: heard that you guys talk about this before. It's fascinating to me, <laughs> the, the headphone dancing. Yeah. So you're basically in your own little world. Well, you're
4: in your own little world, but that world is shared by like 200 other people listening to the same song at the
3: same time.
2: Oh, same song.
3: Yeah. yeah you yeah. all have the headphones on, and except it's all playing the same song. Anybody without the headphones is going to look at you like, like you're what crazy. What are these guys doing? Yeah. But but what what's the point if you're why all not, listening huh? to the same song? So that you don't get any noise complaints, yeah. I guess. Yep. Huh. Okay.
2: Does it work? Like, I mean, would you go? Like, have you been? Yeah, I've been to one. So yeah, they're fun. Yeah. Oh, so well, it's I mean, fun. they, they, they
4: take—they're not like music festivals. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll be okay. honest. If I, if I was zero beers deep, I probably wouldn't do it. Alcohol makes foolish. it more fun. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it's just me on a standard Saturday here, and my friends, say, hey, do you want to go to this place and listen to you know music at the same time and dance on the beach? I'd probably say no, I won't. Block but,
2: your ears, kids. But what else is new? But uh,
4: but, uh, but uh, if I'm in a, a, a you know a nice festival party atmosphere, then yeah, sure, let's get it. Uh,
2: I think this is the perfect time to just throw out the happy hour horn right yeah, now. Yeah, sure, let's why not?
4: <laughs> wrong with drinking a beer. That's fine. <laughs>
0: Vida de Luis, the good vibes.
3: Taste the
5: islands and every drop of Vida de Luis tequila. 100% blue agave, from Tequila, Mexico. Good vibes. It's a celebration.
2: VidaDeLuis.com. Check it out where you can pick up a bottle of Vida de Luis tequila. Only locally owned tequila in Jack's Beach. Reposado and Yeho Blanco, three different flavors. Check it out. VidaDelouie dot com, where you can find a bottle of VidaDelouie tequila. Uh, what else will stadiums do? I was thinking this watching a. I was watching a big league game last night. I think or maybe it was Sunday night. And if you go to stadiums, Major League Baseball, I think has done a nice job with this, where uh, they're almost like they're kind of museum esque mm. now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go to a, if you go to the new stadium in Atlanta which I've been to, and, like, you just, there's so much to see in the concourse before you even get out to the game. Or, like, you almost feel like you need to go to five games to see everything that's in the concourse, from your typical souvenir shops to your typical concession stands. But now, like, every big league stadium, and even in any professional stadium, it seems like, but especially they do this in Major League Baseball, a lot of them have the craft beer. Yeah. Uh, stand, and so there's a bunch of different local beers to to have. And so you have that, but then you have the baseball side of it, like the actual, hey, here's the history of the Braves, and who played here, and from Hank Aaron to Tom Glavin to all of them. And so there's a lot to see and digest, and it's really cool. But I think I was just seeing, a, uh, it was like a bump shot to the break uh, to get really inside the business. Um, in Sunday Night Baseball, I think it was. And th- they just showed, like, this little part of the concourse inside the stadium. And it just struck me like, wow, it's like it's such an experience now going to a baseball stadium. I don't know if that's the case in an NBA arena. Uh, and I don't think that's the case, quite frankly, in an NFL stadium. But I do wonder if we get there. If, if you get more of that museum-esque feel of the history of the Jaguars when they build a new TIAA bank someday.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think you know. Obviously, when you talk about those things, it comes with history and tradition. Like, I, I do feel like Lambo's got that a little bit in Green I Bay bet. just
2: because of just, no. you
4: know the, the the history. Um, you know, it's really showcased a lot at the Bears practice facility. Um, in uh, in Lake Forest, like you know they they made it a habit of, you know, just when you walk in that facility, like there's, it's it's almost like going to like a, like the Green Bay uh, the, the Chicago Bears Hall of Fame essentially. So there is some of that, but no, not to the traditions, I think, of of baseball. I think baseball um, is the outlier there just because it is enriched, it is entrenched with tradition, um, you know, and it's America's pastime.
2: Yeah, and I I wonder, it's almost like now you don't even, I feel like, I wonder if there's more value in going to every ballpark than there is going to Cooperstown. (laughs)
5: Like,
2: and Uh, and that's that's to the extreme, because I love Cooperstown, Cooperstown has its own charm to it, but... But you get my point. Like, there really is, like, that much to see. I've I've been to Denver. I think it was Denver that struck me, like, uh, right outside Mile High that I remember we're doing some, some TV things. And there's a lot, like, outside the stadium, Austin to see, like, what statues and players they recognize. And mm-hmm. there might even be some other plaques as I remember it. And I'm assuming that's probably the case, like, around Lambeau Field to a degree. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking, like, inside, like, on the in the concourse. Now, I wonder if some of that is in the sport of football, there's not as much downtime. and True. So, so, you know, the idea that not many people are hanging out in the concourse unless you go into the bathroom or get a drink or get something to eat. Uh, so... That's maybe one of the sole purposes of it. but I And I don't know as much about... Like, I've been to Atlanta Stadium, and as I think about it, I'm like, well, I know there's like a lounge area in the concourse where people can watch the other football games and fantasy football updates, and the Jags have some of that even in the club area. But I, I genuinely do wonder if the NFL and just modern-day stadiums in general of all sports will become a little bit more like the baseball stadium and... In that concourse, share a little bit of the team history. I, again, I think, like I went to the Braves, and I've actually been to the Braves Stadium two occasions. One was to watch a Zach Brown band concert, mm-hmm. and, nice. and the other was for state was for the the game. Okay, but I feel like I need to go back a couple more times, not to see and feel the stadium, but to see. And feel everything else underneath the stadium. Sure, yeah, <laughs> which which is an interesting concept that baseball, I think, has developed in a nice way. Uh, and I just wonder now, just uh, kind of thinking out loud, if if the newer modern day stadiums might offer that. And maybe the Las Vegas Stadium does. Maybe the SoFi Stadium in L.A. does a little bit of that. I don't know. I haven't been to those, um, and I haven't been to Green Bay. Those are the only stadiums, but uh, that I haven't been to mm-hmm. in the NFL. Uh, And a lot of these stadiums, by the way, that we see in the NFL, we don't really see it from the concourse level, uh, if we're being honest, from the press box level or even down on the field reporting. So uh, I wonder if that will be adopted in the NFL. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, it would definitely be cool.
4: I mean, you know... Honoring tradition and honoring history is important for, for whatever sport, you know, and I think like with the example like Las Vegas, I mean, to me, you have to you have to honor the past because, you know, you're in a new city. Right. So even though you left Oakland, essentially, and and you left Los Angeles way back in the day, like it's still important to uphold, you know, the, the, those memories and what it meant um, when they were there. So, like yeah, I think it'd be a, a great way to, to showcase that in Las Vegas now. Is that what people want? Is that what, you know, fans of the Raiders now in Las Vegas want? Probably not. I think they'd rather have the nightclubs once again and dueling DJs yeah. or whatever we're talking about. But it's still, you know, it still shows the, the, the respect for the past. And I think any sport you gotta do that.
2: Yeah, I, I um there is a fascination with stadiums, isn't there? in, in our sports culture. Mm-hmm. Like obviously it's gotten to the point in the NFL where quite frankly you can't exist if you don't enhance and modernize your stadium. Uh, it's happened in Major League Baseball. Listen, when the Yankees say so long to the old Yankee Stadium to build a new one, it's a new day, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell people all the time, listen. You know me. I hate the Yankees, but Yank old Yankee Stadium is terrific. Like mm-hmm. you can sincerely feel the ghosts sometimes. <laughs> like you really you get that sense. The new Yankee Stadium, it's a terrific ballpark. The food is like unbelievable. What they offer inside there at the concession stands, but it doesn't hold a candle to the old Yankee Stadium. Yeah. It just doesn't. It just doesn't capture it. Like Wrigley Field, the people at Wrigley don't love the idea of the modernization of what they've done with video boards and other things. The apart uh, the I think the apartments out and right and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Sure, but you, it's still Wrigley. You can still take your shirt off in the bleachers. Yeah, like Fenway Park, they've done a lot outside of Fenway Park, but Fenway Park is still Fenway Park. So, uh, you know, I feel, I, and I'm not Yankee Stadium probably had to be removed because of, because it had to be. But I'm telling you, it's a huge difference being at the old Yankee Stadium to the new Yankee Stadium, and it and does if you've never been, you just you're not going to be able to do it, obviously. Um, and, and I'm sure there are plenty of ballparks I didn't get to see over the years that you, you wish you did get to see. Uh, but I do think we have a fascination in, in American sports culture and maybe even uh, across the globe in stadiums. Not necessarily arenas, but in stadiums.
4: Yeah, I think so. I think it's about you know growing up and you know like whenever the, you move stadiums you lose a little bit of the sense of your childhood if you will like you know i mean yeah, that's uh, milwaukee they, they had brown county uh stadium before it was miller park and that was a different i mean it was it was nothing it was just it was all bleachers there was nothing special about it but like i still have great memories there of going there as a kid you know and, and you hold those memories dear so once again when we talk about sports like baseball where it's built on tradition and and um you know going to the game with with your family and stuff like that like yeah once that changes that's with anything Thing really, but once that changes, people are going to take issue with that right? But sometimes you have to update things, but that's that's where it comes in. This is where having the, the past still around to honor that, that's where that helps I think the, the, the current climate of these updated stadiums.
2: Yeah, I don't even know how I got on the topic. It just kind of was a thought of mine, and I wonder if the NFL goes there. I'm thinking hey, 10 years down the road, if Jacksonville has a new stadium, will they put that kind of stuff in the concourse? Will you be able to celebrate some of the history now 30 years old, 35 years old, hopefully some more things to celebrate over the next handful of years? It'll be interesting to see um, if if the NFL stadium does that to the length, the Major League Baseball stadium feels like it does, at least to me. Uh, let's get uh, Rick Riles on right now. Florida Sportsman Fishing Report, Action Sports Chats on ESPN six
0: ninety. Rick, favorite stadium you've ever been to? Oh, um, watching the Gators stomp the Dogs in Sanford Stadium. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When they had to go up there and while they were redoing this one, um, Brand, that's a favorite a for our Gator for fans. You. I got a quick one for you on that. My nephew at the time was a head student trainer for the Gators, and they had this Georgia ritual where they pulled the doghouse out to midfield, and he explodes, and the big hairy dog jumps out, and he's got a blown-up replica of whoever the opponent is. And, of course, he tears it up and the crowd goes wild. Well, the, the doghouse exploded, and there was no Gator. There was no replica or anything. And I didn't know anything about it until – Later after the game, we're sitting there pulling the ivy off of the, off of the wall there. And my nephew says, hey, Uncle Rick, did you find it strange that that bulldog didn't have a gator to chew up? And I said, yeah, a little. He says, you want to know where the gator is? And I said, yeah, he said, it's in my locker. And he <laughs> Dang. He said, said, said all the cheerleaders had come in there and blown up this gator while they were setting up the training tables and uh, getting all the stuff ready for to work on the players. And the uh, cheerleaders came in and blew up the gator and just left. And they said, yeah, we're going to leave that sitting there, okay? So they <laughs> the gators. So that's good it was stuff. a hey, total, total that's a good, win. That's good Florida-Georgia story for uh, October. Uh, that what, might, a, have to, what a,
2: might have to hook up with your nephew there.
0: <laughs> what, what a great memory. There uh, in maybe fifty two twenty in the Sugar Bowl. But let's talk some fishing. I gotta tell you, the fishing is good out at the edge of the Gulf Stream. It's not spectacular because there's nothing to fish on. Now that sounds weird, but here's what, here's what it means. There's no current rips. We've got the edge of the continental shelf, but generally there's a current rip on top of that that points a big neon sign that says fish here, stupid. And there hasn't been any of those kind of signs. So the fishing has been spread out. There's plenty of mahi. There's a handful of tuna but it's spread out amongst a big area, and everybody's getting a few. Nobody's getting a whole lot. You get closer to shore, the cobia fishing, uh, it's not real good. I talked to Captain Roger Walker. He is in a tournament today and has a 30-pounder in the box, been fishing hard all day, said he needs one more 30-pounder to help him in the tournament, but generally the cobia fishing quite slow. Inshore was actually pretty slow today, too. David Borey's had one oversized red, three or four slot reds, and a keeper flounder. But the weather's good. That's the best part about it. We got a Northeaster rolling in on Thursday, so enjoy fishing tomorrow. One thing you can count on, we'll be back with another report tomorrow afternoon, brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing. Appreciate it, Rick Riles. Have a good night, man. Thank you, boys. All right, that's Rick Riles, your
2: Florida Sportsman Fishing Report, each and every day right here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. And, by the way, 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturdays until 9 a.m. right here on ESPN 690 as well. Saqib is on. All well, right. Uh, I got a feeling we might be going Tebow here, but who
5: knows? Saqib, what's happening, man? Hope you're doing well. I'm doing good, man. Hey, I just want to mention before I say uh, I went to the jumbo shrimp game the other day, okay, and it was really nice. So it would be nice. I'm a Yankees fan. I would love to see a Major League Baseball here in Jacksonville as a as a Jacksonville guy. If 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 they want to come to Jacksonville, I'm okay with it. If, you know, if they want to send their team to Jacksonville, I'm okay with it. Did Even you see the Yankees giraffe? Fan, right? Did you see yeah, the
2: I'm giraffe? Yeah, I'm okay
5: with it. Yeah, let me ask you guys this. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to call you guys for schedule release tomorrow. Does Jacksonville need to get at least four or three Monday night, Sunday night games for it to be? You know what I mean, up there? Because we haven't had those Monday night games. We haven't had those Sunday night games, the NBC games. I really do think we should get fewer because of Urban and Lawrence and maybe Tebow, even though I'm a Florida State fan. I don't like Tebow because he beat my Florida State behind every year. I would love to see us get a couple Monday night games or Sunday night games. I mean, I just I just want to see us succeed finally because we've been in the dumps for so many years. I'm just I'm just – I want to see us get those night-night games. That's all I'm
2: saying. keep so it matters to you to play in prime time, right, the, the number of games you get? Oh,
5: so, That's money. That's money right there. That's Trevor Lawrence. That's that's magic. That's Tim Tebow. Hopefully, you know, a little bit of, you know. I mean, I bought, I bought season tickets for the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay, for the first time since year before last, right? So I bought those t- season tickets because of Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. Even though Urban Meyer beat my Florida State for years and years, he just beat our brains out. I still want us to succeed, whoever the coach is, and I would love to see this. You know, I, I want to see us win, man. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking for much, man. Yeah, I hear you, Saquib.
2: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for calling Action Sports Chacks on ESPN 690, Austin. I, I don't, uh, I don't want to let down Saquib, but they're not getting four. <laughs> There's no
4: way. Probably wedding. not. Uh, no, Saquib. To answer the question. I think that if the Jaguars get two, you should be okay with that that's the NFL showing you a little bit of respect because keep in mind you went one and 15 last year Um, Joe Burrow goes Cincinnati you know Cincinnati was coming off of a horrible season as well they give Cincinnati two primetime games I think expectation should call for three because it is the Trevor Lawrence effect Um, it is you know it is the Urban Meyer effect I'm not gonna throw it's the Tim Tebow effect into anything I don't think those conversations are happening in terms of scheduling saying hey have you seen the Jaguars back up tight ends? we got to add another game. They've earned it. I don't think those conversations are happening from that perspective, but if you take Urban and Trevor into account, I think three would be reasonable.
2: Yeah, I again, I think you're on the high end. You say three, I say two. I, I'd be disappointed if it's just one. If we're back to the just a Thursday night game, I'd be very disappointed. I will say this. We were a bit disappointed in 2018, weren't we? About what the Jags were getting. Now, I think they were due for a Sunday night game that later got flexed because they were playing so poorly. Am I correct there? Was that a Uh, a Sunday night game? It was the
4: Steelers, yeah. It was the Steelers Sunday
2: night. So that would have been the first time since 08. So they actually had put that on the schedule. But that was only, I think they only had two primetime games that year. It was a Thursday nighter, and it was that one. And that one got squashed because the Jaguars performed so poorly. Yeah. No. So, even though they were playing Pittsburgh, who was obviously Pittsburgh.
4: I mean, I don't even know why we're having the conversation about the schedule, because I'm sure you already know what, what, what it's going to be. Uh, I'm no, sure I don't. You
2: know. no, I don't. No, I don't. Uh, maybe around, like, noon tomorrow. but okay. uh, no, no, I, okay. I, I don't. I, I don't know when we'll know. Um, like I said, if you missed the earlier part of the show, a lot of, like, Fox and CBS on their morning shows tomorrow are going to announce their week one schedule. Yeah. So, the NFL is kind of doling this out, like, you know, in pieces. And we got a little word about London today and the Jags and the athletic reporting that the Jags maybe will play the Miami Dolphins in London, but definitely are playing a home game in London. That shouldn't surprise any of us. The only surprise there, if anything, is the fact that the NFL has decided, yeah, it's okay to go to London and play. And then tomorrow we should know the week one schedule pretty early in the morning. So that will be a little bit of a talker. I'm sure we'll get some leaks. I don't know if we'll get any Jacksonville leaks, but it's an eight o'clock announcement and usually that's when we'll know. So, so tomorrow will be a lot of anticipation.
4: So are you saying two uh, primetime games then? Is that yeah, I'm you, definitely is that saying two. With?
2: And by the way, I don't Kuz? think it's a Sunday night. I think it's a Monday night and a Thursday night game for the Jags uh, coming up. And, again, I have no knowledge of it. But I do think a Monday night and a Thursday night.
4: Yeah, Brent knows it's going to be two years. You already got the email. Coos, uh, what do you got? <laughs> how, how many uh, games? I'm going to go with two because Brent, well? Brent got the email.
3: Because <laughs> <Yep. Hey, laughs>
4: hey, Brent got the email. Hey,
2: hey, you follow me. You follow me, Coos, and you'll be just fine in your married life.
4: I mean, no, that's true. I'm not laughing at that. That's Austin? true.
3: The, the tip you gave me today was not to talk about strip clubs, so I feel like that's You're probably off a good to a one. That's a good start.
2: Yeah. It. Austin, well, I, if I give you, you some too. marital advice. Go pick up your kid. Okay, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. I
4: should probably get on that. Uh, <laughs> Especially because it's raining outside. So yeah, not out that there, out there not, in the rain.
2: Not that I ever pick up my kids, but yeah. go yeah. pick up your do kid. What you gotta do. Yeah, right, we'll See you back tomorrow. Talk to you all uh, tomorrow. All right. Uh, hey, we got some prop bets uh, about Tebow and others. Uh, we'll maybe get into that. Uh, a college football name that you'll remember from a fun time has uh, passed away as well. And a little bit of NBA. We go in Kuz's wheelhouse because Russell Westbrook made some history. Does it matter? Like, did it mean much? Does the triple-double mean anything anymore? We talk about it coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6. nine. Brent Markno. All right, Jason Fitz, thanks for checking in, man. We didn't try to keep you too too long today. We had, we, we gave you a shorter Austin Lane. Hey, hey Jason, real quick, man. Since you have oh, that
4: Bernard Cough Award, um, you know, since you can you know vote on that, Murray State's got a couple good receivers. <laughs> now
1: they, they, they didn't play this year. Okay, they didn't play a game this year. But Murray State's got a couple good receivers. Just check them out real quick.
0: Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. It's laughable. Here's the problem, starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're trying to rebuild something from the ground, or build something from the ground up. And I understand the relationship that you have with a coach. All coaches tend to bring in, like Jay said, people that kind of understand their program, but not six years after they <laughs> retire. Stop it. Call it what it is. This wouldn't happen to nobody else except Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow. But Urban Meyer also must understand that those people that are inside that locker room, those players, mm-hmm. they sitting there going, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Keyshawn Johnson, who
2: sat there and said, give me the damn ball, talking about locker room dynamics. <laughs> I find that kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, I mean, it is what it is. I have no problem with him saying give me the damn ball. But it's interesting years later to say the dynamic of a locker room with Tim Tebow in it could be a negative thing. I think that is the most overplayed narrative. And I haven't been in an NFL locker room. It's overplayed. Like, that part of it's overplayed. If you want to talk about, yeah, he gets an opportunity because he knows Urban Meyer, fair enough. Fair criticism. Uh, If you want to say he can't freaking play tight end because he's never done it, other than, like, when he was a freshman at Trinity Christian, fine. Fair enough. He's not going to make it. That's okay. But the locker room dynamic, it's a weird reach by people. Like, that that shows they just, I don't know. I, I think they're reaching on the locker room dynamic stuff. I mean, that, that's, I, I believe the only, it's probably more positive than negative if you had to pick a side of, saying Tebow in a locker room. I think there's more positive than anything negative. Uh, and I might be wrong, but I think it's a big-time reach to say it's a negative thing of uh, Tim Tebow. In, uh, in a locker room in the NFL Brent Martineau uh, here uh, in Winter Springs actually in the car. <laughs> it started the storm. We got I was on the on the, the tailgate back of the truck and it was getting coming down a little bit heavier and the radar was really bad and starting to wonder like are we even going to play tonight here? Uh, Kaylee's got a game with Creekside in the regional semifinals uh, Winter Springs and uh, so we came inside. Well, I came inside, and, well, it's been sunny ever since. (laughs) Ever since I got inside. And it's fine. The radar has totally changed. It looked like it was going to rain until 10 o'clock tonight, an hour ago, and now it looks like there's no rain in the forecast right here in Winter Springs. I think we're in a better place than Jacksonville because I think uh, we're getting some storms back home in Jacksonville. If you look out your window, or if you are driving, you might be driving through them as we speak. Uh, Austin Lane had to go pick up uh, Ronan. Uh, I'm glad I get to help Austin out cover the last couple of segments he's done it so many times for me this uh, baseball and softball season and um, so i uh, appreciate that and go pick up the little dude uh before the end of the show and coos uh, and i have this coos you got this i mean is this when you bring your a game when i leave i hope i try to okay good all right well let's do a quick something all right quick prop bets aaron Rodgers takes the packers first snap in week one of the 2021 regular season yes or no Yes, yep. by the way, right now, is an underdog.
3: Oh, well, then I'm definitely taking yes. It's plus 110 to say yes. Put put $3,000 on it right now.
2: I mean, are you kidding me? That's, <laughs> I I might. I mean. Yeah. So the odds imply, it says on this, that a 60% chance Rodgers does not take the first snap. I don't get it. I, I, I don't think that's true. All right. Will Aaron Rodgers retire before week one of the 2021 regular season? Even money. so I'm Even h- money at retirement.
3: So I'm going to hedge my bet and bet that one yes, so that if I lose the first one, I can get my money back. I mean, or no, I guess I'd have to amazing. say no there.
2: Double up there. All right, I'll give you a fun one, okay? Packers starting quarterback in week one. I think this is, uh, let me just double check, but I think this is if it's not uh, Aaron Rodgers. So Drew Locke plus 300. They're anticipating a potential trade with Denver. Derek Carr plus 400. Second best odds, Jordan Love, plus 500. The guy on the roster that they drafted in the first round is the third best odds. Yeah, this wh- is wild. Why wouldn't
3: R- he be like the number Like uh, To me, he should be the number one, on the, uh, at least odds-wise on that Absolutely one.
2: Absolutely like- you'd think he would be, but that means there are people anticipating that they are going to. Vegas is anticipating them trading Aaron Rodgers to either Denver or Vegas. Uh, Russell Wilson, by the way, is plus 700. Could we see a swap between Seattle and Green Bay? That would be wild. Marcus Mariota plus 900. That'd be a Raiders thing. Ryan Fitzpatrick's even plus 1,000. So is Jameis Winston. A trade with Miami? Tua is plus 1,200. Teddy Bridgewater's plus 1,200. Let me go down. Blake Bortles, by the way, plus 2,500. Blaine Gabbard, who just re signed, I think, with Tampa, is plus 5,000. That is wild to me. All right, uh, will Tim Tebow make the Jaguars' fifty-three man roster for Week One? Yes, is minus two hundred. I don't think he will. By the way, we were asked we asked this question yesterday, and I think Austin said yes. I said no. What do you think, Kuz?
3: So I'm big into like the storylines. Like I've noticed with with uh, basketball. If there's, like, a really good storyline, a lot of times it will happen regardless of if people want it to or or, or if it's a common thing to happen. So I'm following the storyline on this one. I think he's going to do it, and I actually think he's going to, like, be be decent at it to the point that people are going to be like, wow, this was actually a really good move.
2: Wow, how about that? Right, we've got some fun ones here now. What will happen first for Tim Tebow? Catch a touchdown, minus 140. Run for a touchdown, plus 125. Not a bad bet there. Throw a touchdown, passes, plus 350. Uh, will Tim Tebow take a snap in week one? Yes, plus 400. No, minus 700. That's just week one, so that's why the heavy no. Uh, here's, here's a fun one, and this is it. Which will be higher? Tebow 2019 total home runs. Tebow 2021 total touchdowns. This wager compares Tebow's home run total of four at AAA Syracuse to his passing plus rushing plus receiving touchdowns during the 2021 NFL regular season. And I think 2019 total home runs would win that. Easy.
3: Yeah,
2: I think Fun so. Fun prop bets, though.
3: Well, and you know, it was interesting. They were just talking about this on on, on the TV was uh, who will have more passing yards, uh, Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. It kind of ties into that. And they were saying, or they did say, uh, Zach Wilson because the they'll be playing behind more than the Jags would be. So okay. I thought that was kind of a positive comment for the Jags.
2: Yeah, it could be. I mean, and that's um, and that might be the case. I I can't get over. Listen, Vegas does things based on like kind of the feel and narrative sometimes, and the emotions of the better, But the Tebow ones are fun um, for a variety of reasons. The Aaron Rodgers ones really struck me there to say it's basically even money that he retires or not. I I get that's that- like the latest thing, but. This guy just came off an MVP. I I don't even – I'd have to go back and think about that. Somebody out there listening and probably texting or calling might know. But, I mean, give me somebody that won an MVP award then retired. Like, has that ever happened? And and I'm sure it has. Uh, It's probably more obvious than I'm even letting on to be. But as I'm saying it, I can't even think of anybody right off the top of my head. MVP then retiring? It ain't happening, people. He's not going to retire. And I still think he's going to take that next snap, that first snap of the season in Green Bay.
3: Do you think a lot of that's, though, because of, like, the Jeopardy stuff? Just because he has been, like, you know, publicly doing other things?
2: Yeah. I No, not this. I don't think this set of bets is that. I think the latest story this week is that he might not leave California and not go back to Green Bay. Uh, and and that's kind of like the latest scuttlebutt is now he's just going to retire and say screw you Green Bay, uh, and again I just don't I I just don't see that happening. Um, listen, I, I was correct on the Russell Wilson stuff that he's staying there. Now if they swap Aaron Rodgers, that'd be a different scenario. But as for now, all is good with Russell Wilson in Seattle. I think this has been blown out of proportion to a degree as well. I'm in that camp, uh, and I believe he will play. In 2021, and I believe he will play for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Now, there is a lot, and we said this yesterday. Trey Wingo and others have said, hey, he's going to Denver. Some of the odds on who the quarterback could be for week one for Green Bay lends you to think it could be he's going to Denver in a trade. Or it could be he's going to Vegas in a trade for Derek Carr. These must be wild times in Green Bay, Wisconsin right now. Wild times at the pickle for sure. We're coming back to Winter Springs, Florida, right after this. Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. I will talk about Russell Westbrook. I promise, Coos. I won't leave the show without doing that tonight. And I want to see and listen to you about the value of the triple-double. Does it still mean as much as it once did? It's coming back on ESPN 690.
4: To be able to just be mentioned with guys like Oscar and Magic and-
0: Jason Kidd and those guys—it's um, just uh, something that I never would have dreamed about as a, as a young kid growing up in LA. And, uh, I'm truly grateful for
4: moments like this and something that I should—you uh, know—normally no, I, I don't, I don't like like to pat myself on the back, but tonight I will.
2: As he should. That's Russell Westbrook, who I think is a tremendous player, and I give a lot of credit to Russell Westbrook because I really appreciate. Watching sports, when you can see effort jumping off your TV, and I don't watch a ton of NBA, don't watch a ton of like daily Russell Westbrook, but every time I watch that guy play, man, whether it's October, April, or June, he's like leaving it out there, and he plays the game the right way. You know, I th- I think there's an appreciation for him for that. Kuz, I bring you in Driving Dish Podcast, uh, NBA expert. Russell Westbrook it's an incredible accomplishment what he did. Yeah. But with the enormous amount of triple doubles that we now see are have they been watered down? Uh is is this record not as much of a milestone as maybe it would have been say if somebody did this 20 25 years ago?
3: I think I think there's a definitely a, a debate in that and and I think for sure you could probably argue it um, because even with Westbrook, you know, the year he won the MVP when he, I think it was the first time, and he's probably going to do it again this year, when he averaged a triple-double for the season, yeah. I think the Rockets at that point were in, like, sixth place. Like, they, you, you would think if someone's averaging a triple-double, their team's, you know, going to be number one in the NBA, and a lot of people were like, well, he has to get the MVP because he's averaging a triple-double, where the argument against him was, like, but his team's not – you know, even remotely close to the top of the league, they're in sixth place, you know. And so I think there's a part of that. If I, if you had to guess, how many players do you think this year have triple doubles at least one?
2: Oh, boy. Uh, I would say – this is a tough one. Uh, I would say the – I know where to go with this, but I'm going to say in the 30s, like 32.
3: Okay, it's less than that, but there are 17 of them. 17 triple 17 players have had a triple-double, and I would say 13 have had more than one triple-double this season.
2: Okay. So here's in, here's another one just to keep this in context. And, again, this is not to disrespect what Russell Westbrook has done sure. because again, I love the guy's style of play. I, I think at times – I don't know if he gets enough love, quite frankly, um, in, in the NBA, but what he's done is, is remarkable. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the, I've got the top thirteen all time right now in front of me in triple doubles. Mm-hmm. Six of them are currently playing. Yeah, well, and and that's six the same. Of them.
3: That's the same with uh, uh, Seth Curry. I, I forget. I saw a stat. He just passed somebody for, for points, and he did it in like six hundred less games.
2: Yeah, you know? well, and, and of course the three point shot's a different animal here it changes because three point it. Yeah. shot didn't always exist, and obviously the emphasis. But but I don't know how the three point shot would. Has a three point shot changed the triple double game, too, because it's easier to get an assist?
3: I think, you know, possibly. I think that's a big part of it, too, because, you you know, the most, I'd imagine the most common triple double is points, uh, assists, and rebounds, obviously. And so that seems to be the way it's going. Uh, Again, to that point, you know, Oscar Robinson played in uh, 1,040 games,
2: Westbrook played in 940 so far. Yeah. So. it's Oscar rock by the way. Westbrook now 182. Robertson 181. Mm-hmm. Big drop off to Magic Johnson at 138. Mm-hmm. Big drop off to Jason Kidd at 107. Then LeBron James has 99. Wilt Chamberlain 78. Larry Bird 59. Then there's James Harden and Jokic yeah. uh, at 58 and 56. Fat Lever, believe it or not. He would have been a tough one to get on a trivia question <laughs> here at 43. Doncic already has 35, man. Dodgers? What is he like? Twenty four?
3: Yeah. He's, he's, you know, you know what's interesting about him too is he's starting to get uh, the the dirty player vibe a little bit. You yeah, see that he is. he's starting he's got to get a little that. Trim on green well, He's in got, them. I think he's got the he's got fifteen techs. I think that's the most. Him and like Dwight Howard have the most techs in the NBA right
2: now. Yeah, he's getting close to a suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's here. Here's my quick little thought. And again, you watch way more NBA than I do. Quick little thought: scoring is up. So, triple-double, but scoring has never been a problem for the triple-double. No. But more guards crash the boards than ever before because there's less emphasis on the big guy. Yeah. And so, where the center used to, the Wilt Chamberlain's of the world used to be scooping up 20 rebounds a game, Bill Russell, 20 rebounds a game, and not even, you don't have to go that far back, by the way. Robert Parrish, when I was watching, to you name it, right? Dennis Rodman, who was just grabbing rebounds, that was his only thing. Well, now you've got Russell Westbrook going to crash the boards, and James Harden, and Uh, Guards doing it. Mm -hmm. Well, and then on top of that, the last thing is what we just said. I I have to believe the the evolution of the three-point shot and how much it's used has helped create those assists because mm -hmm. it's shot at a higher rate than it's ever been shot in the history of the game. So why is the triple-double? maybe watered down a little bit than it was back in the day, I think those are probably the answers. And by the way, there are a ton of talented players in the NBA. I don't want to take away from mm-hmm. the talent. Hey, LeBron James uh, was scheduled to come back tonight. Now the word is, at least I saw a report, might be coming back tomorrow now. Instead, mm-hmm. well, is, is that a big deal?
3: Oh, well, yeah. Cause they've So they lost to um, the Trailblazers earlier this week, and now the Trailblazers own the tiebreaker between the Lakers and Trailblazers. And like I said, the Trailblazers right ahead of them in sixth place, so the Lakers would essentially need to win three more, and the Trailblazers lose, or or not, you know, keep that gap going for the Lakers to get out of the play-in tournament. So LeBron not playing tonight against the Knicks team that's playing really well, it's supposed to come back against the Rockets that you should win that. But then you got the Pacers and Pelicans where you know all these games going forward are must wins if you want to stay out of this play-in tournament. I think I think the Lakers are going to be going up against the Warriors in the playing tournament,
2: which I think is exciting for a casual fan. So Yeah, could be really good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt about it. All right, that's going to do it here on a Tuesday. Good luck to all the playoff teams. I know there's a lot of softball baseball teams in the area playing tonight and tomorrow as well, but tonight hopefully they get it in back in Jacksonville. Looks like we'll get ours in here at Winter Springs, but good luck to all the teams uh, in the area. And uh, we'll have highlights of many of the games tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30+. Plus, Florida State's Mike Norvell in town for a clinic. Hopefully the weather doesn't cancel that. But we did just catch up with the Florida State head coach. And you can listen to that tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30 as well. Your official station for Florida State football and basketball right here is ESPN 690. It's also your home for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. That's coming up tonight at 620 as the shrimp hit the road for the first time in 2021. For Coos, Austin Lane, I'm Brent Martineau. Have a good night, everybody. Tomorrow's
0: scheduled release day. We'll be back at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon on ESPN 690.